0: My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, Any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The gospel of the Lord. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus. I wonder how many were left at the end of that little speech. He turns to the crowds who are indeed hungry for something. They experience in him that he is going to give them something they are looking for, that they do not have. Perhaps they sense what he really has come to bring us and lead us to, which is true and real freedom. But then he goes on to talk about the cost. And talk about the things that maybe, despite the fact that they are very good, might just be holding us back. The kind of freedom that we are meant to experience. He comes across, in a sense, almost as like a, a cult leader telling us, that family of yours, they don't really love you. Come join us. He does not mean that, of course. He means that sometimes or another, our allegiance to things less than what is the absolute best for us may keep us from getting there. He tells us that our families may be a problem, even if they're lovely and loving. He tells us that our possessions may be a problem, even if they are well and honestly and beautifully earned. He tells us right in the middle of it that it is very likely that as his disciples on the road to freedom, there will be the cross. A cross that we will be needing to carry, that will be heavy and difficult and hard that he's not promising to free us from that cross. He's telling us that the way to true freedom might involve a very heavy cross. I think it's important for us to realize that for those hearing him then, the cross meant something very different than it may mean to us, who have already seen and experienced the great victory the cross won for him and for us. For the people hearing this, this speech on this particular day, the cross was a horrible symbol of Roman oppression. To be asked to carry a cross meant that you were going to be humiliated, killed. Take, have all your possessions taken away because you refused to submit to what in their hearts and souls they understood as evil. And the cross meant that evil will stop at nothing to take away our freedom, even as it promises to fill us with possessions, safety, and comfort. Jesus puts this image of the cross right in front of those who are considering being his followers, thinking that he just might be able to lead them. To where they truly want to go. Not away from the cross. But through the cross. To freedom. And yet I wonder. I wonder how many other forces and powers in our lives. Make the same kinds of demands. That Jesus is laying out for us. As an invitation. To walk with him to the fullness of life. What other forces ask us to be willing to sacrifice our families for their sake? How many forces, powers, influences in our world tell us that our possessions, that they will grant us their possessions but first we must give them over, ours. How many take us away from homes families, personal security, and ask us to make great sacrifices for the sake of something more It may not even be all that much more. There's not been a king or a country in any age that has not promoted the idea that serving the king... Serving the country, serving the nation would be worth every sacrifice. Family, possessions, even your own life. And for the vast majority of human beings, we accept that as that's the way it is. And that's what it takes if we're going to live in freedom. How many people over the years, over the decades, over the centuries, have decided that it is worth sacrificing family and the comforts of family, home, time, and even the enjoyment of their possessions in order to pursue a career that they believe will set them free and bring them the fullness of life. And we may stand in admiration of them for their willingness to sacrifice for a greater good. And yet we might hear the words of Jesus as unreasonable, too demanding. How dare you ask this of us? How dare you expect this of us? He is, of course, making it our choice. He forces this on no one. He loves us anyway, but he does let us know that real freedom comes at the cost of sometimes great sacrifices. We just might consider that sacrifice worthwhile. As I was thinking about this this week, the story of an Austrian farmer during World War II too came to mind. His name was Franz Jaggerstater. He was just a farmer. Yes, he owned land, and he was a good farmer. But he was just a farmer. Not a politician, not a religious leader, not someone that anyone was looking for for any great heroism or leadership. He was a farmer. And as a farmer, he was merely drafted to serve in Hitler's army an Austrian citizen. And he refused. Wasn't simple. No, I'm not going. There's a lot to it. He could not bring himself for the sake of keeping his family, for the sake of keeping his farm, for the sake of keeping his life to serve what he saw as evil. Person after person tried to convince him it wasn't worth that. It wasn't worth the sacrifice. You're a nobody. It makes no difference. With great suffering and anguish, he persisted and persevered. And yes, he lost his farm. And his family was taken from him. And he lost his life. And it made no difference to the outcome of the war. But it made every difference to his integrity as a person, his unwillingness to compromise, to serve anyone other than the one who he believed created him and had given him everything. And he was not willing to serve any other master. We are called to serve lots of masters who ask an awful lot from us. Are we willing to allow the one who sets us free, who has given us life and leads us to life, ask a lot from us as well?